Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joel Craft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 103.9 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Friday evening where we are set to continue our exploration into the saints and and just not an exploration into a particular saint, but uh, added reflection into this topic of how to best respond to that question, can you pray for me? Now, before we get into that, I did just want to continue to warmly welcome all of you out there who are taking time out of your very busy schedules to join me here in the friendly confines of Chico, California. If you are listening to this by way of podcast and you find yourself in the countries of Canada, Mexico, Argentina, Brazil, Chile, uh, Western Europe, I see on the grid, Italy, Portugal, Spain, France, I also see Switzerland, uh, Austria, Croatia, I see some countries in Africa, uh, Kenya, Nigeria, South Africa. To all of you, thank you for taking, again, time out of your busy schedules. Now, since early November of last year, we set out to respond to that question, can you pray for me? And in it, we established nine keys that would help us unlock better intercessory prayer. After the completion of that series of reflections, you asked me to talk about the saints, so what I decided to do was use the keys to better intercessory prayer as themes to reflect upon with the saints, which is to say, really, each key, each intercessory key has a patron saint, if you will. And uh, we have come to that point of discussing the seventh key, praying in friendship with Christ, and I have decided to reflect upon the prodigious Saint Teresa of Avila. St. Teresa of Avila once said that prayer is nothing more than being on terms of friends with God. We spend much of our lives around friends paying close attention to what they say and who they are. We talk with our friends, we laugh with our friends, we dine with our friends, we tell our closest friends everything. To those we call friend, we hold nothing back, right? So in this seventh key, St. Teresa of Avila, as we discussed at great length, counseled us to pay close attention to God, hang out with Jesus, talk with Jesus. To pray in friendship with Christ is to hold nothing back, turning over everything to Jesus. My dear friends, our intercessory prayer will always prove to be much better if we call Jesus friend. In this key, we talked about the importance of our Lord's desire to call me, you, friend. We read in the Gospel of John, what? John chapter 15, verse 15. No longer do I call you servants, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. I love that verse. Jesus called his disciples friends because he had, quote unquote, made known everything to them. Jesus disclosed his most intimate secrets with his disciples because, well, that is what friends do. So collectively praying to Jesus as friend, we saw was an indispensable key to the larger motif or framework of praying better, 
because it is the space of closeness where the listener response attentiveness is at its best. Jesus speaks, we listen. We speak, Jesus listens, because that is what friends do. They listen. Now, the saints in general are those souls who, once converted to Christ, lived every waking moment as friends to Christ. So how does one begin to ascertain what saint is most appropriate to turn to as an intercessor for this key of praying and friendship with God? On one hand, yeah, you cannot go wrong with the selection of any one saint. On the other hand, there is a particular woman of God who has helped shape our understanding of what it means to pray in close proximity to God, and that is the aforementioned St. Teresa of Avila. The childhood of Teresa of Avila was not atypical to girls her age. During the 16th century, she was born in 1515 and died in 1582. While she had pious tendencies, she enjoyed boys and materialism as much as the next girl. And this is something that I not only appreciate about St. Teresa of Avila, but quite honestly, every saint, right? They're human. They're human. A saint is not someone who lives perfectly, per se, but who understands what it means to get up a second time, what it takes to get up a second time. Every person falls. Every person falls a second time. The saint gets up the third time, right? Now, as it relates to St. Teresa of Avila in her autobiography, she mentions a number of details from her childhood. Among some of those facts to her life was while still a child, not yet nine years old, she had the opportunity to read the lives of several martyrs. Now, by her account, this inspired in her such a longing for martyrdom that she briefly ran away from home in order to die a martyr's death and go to heaven. <laughs> Upon her return, little Teresa told her parents that, well, she just wanted to see God, right? Certainly a seed of desire for God was planted in her soul at a very young age. That being said, at times she would let herself go by reading inappropriate books with, with uh, well, we could say unsavory images and words. But in her adolescence, if the reading of profane books led, led to the distractions of a worldly life, her experience as a pupil of the Augustinian nuns in Avila, Avila, Spain, and her reading of spiritual books led her to a place of recollection and a contemplation of the world's adversary, God. It's interesting, just as a footnote, later on in life, on one occasion, St. Teresa of Avila said a day without reading a new book was a day lost. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> St. Teresa of Avila understood the importance of expanding the mind to increase in knowledge, not to win a game of jeopardy for trivial pursuits, no, but to the knowledge that is necessary to mature in our relationship with Christ. So when you look back at the early stages of Teresa's life, you can see there was a war being raged within her soul one that we could say would come to a crescendo as a religious. It was at the age of 16, to the chagrin of her father, that she entered the convent of the Incarnation of Avila. In Avila, rather, excuse me. At the age of 20, she professed solemn vows to the Carmelite way of life. And as the story goes, for approximately the next 20 years, Sister Teresa, my friends, would struggle with an inconsistent prayer life. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> Initially, after a health scare that had her in coma for four days, 
she found the repose of religious life quite consoling, where she, she would find herself going deeper in mental and contemplative prayer. But in time, her prayer life would stall and, and she would fall to the sins of vanity and the like. She would succumb to those tyrannies of memory that get us all, right? It was not until Lent, at the age of 39, that everything would change for Sister Teresa of Jesus. It was a Friday evening. After walking up the steps to pray the Liturgy of the Hours, she walked by a statue of the holy face of Christ crucified. The statue is called Ecce Homo. Right, behold the man. Upon looking at the wounded face of Christ, Sister Teresa of Avila would write, I was pierced to the heart by this gaze of love. O Jesus, who was pierced for my sake. After this gaze that penetrated her heart, she fell to the ground. And in her heart, she told Jesus, she would not get up again until she would receive the grace to never backslide in prayer again. She wept for hours, and her life was never the same. We could say, in effect, that that Friday evening was her on-the-road-to-Damascus moment where she was knocked off her horse. Even as a religious, she found herself backsliding, and ultimately, it was on that Friday evening when she was 39, that she committed herself to Christ totally and entirely. And so after this time, she began to understand more deeply the call to be unceasing in prayer. In the words of the Carmelite saint, you know, she said to stop praying was to die. On one occasion, she said to not pray was like a baby turning from its mother's breasts. What can be expected but death? That's a powerful image, my friends, a powerful image. Now, in St. Teresa's more collective vision of prayer, she saw the heart as an enclosed garden where the soul invites Jesus into the heart as a true friend. And my friends, this image, at least for me, was quite important in my own journey. For the Spaniard saint, the more we pray to Jesus as intimate friend, the more we water the garden of our hearts. For water to reach the garden, the, wa the water needed to be pumped into the garden. So she saw the prayer of quiet, or the prayer of silence, we can call it, as the pump to the garden. So just as the pump makes it possible for, for liquids to reach its destination point, so does silence make it possible for God's voice to reach our heart. As silence is the genesis to all good prayer, it is the surefire pump to water the garden of, of our heart. Consequently, St. Teresa of Avalon envisioned silence as quintessential to transforming the garden of our heart into a cascade of blooms. Incidentally, St. Teresa of Avila would spend at least one hour a day in silence. Sixty minutes of no noise. Now, that wasn't entirely uncommon 500 years ago. Today, it's almost unthinkable. 60 minutes of no silence? Are you kidding me? Well, sure, no. That's the whole point. Be silent. Right? St. Teresa of Avila's heart was in full bloom because of the prayer of silence. 
And here we arrive to that all-important question for us. What does this mean for our intercessory prayer? Well, the deeper we go in the spiritual life, the greater the bloom. Huh? The greater the bloom, the stronger the fragrance of prayer. The stronger the fragrance of prayer, the greater the scent our petition of intercession will possess. Indeed, God smiles favorably upon the upward movement of a pleasing aroma. What do we read in Genesis chapter 8, verses 20 to 22? Was it not Noah's holocaust being offered to God that we read God was pleased by this aroma? And what is the stronger aroma, if not the strongest aroma in intercessory prayer? Well, a few months back when we were talking about this key, I highlighted fasting. Because fasting is the scent that can move mountains. St. Teresa of Avila was very, very strong on this point. In word, she reminded us the devil does not want us to fast, even causing a kind of fear of it. She writes, Our human nature often asks for more than what it needs. And sometimes the devil helps so as to cause fear about the practice of penance and fasting. Now that was in word, indeed. Evidently, she did not live in fear of fasting as she would fast up to eight months out of the year. By virtue of this true friendship, we could say, was St. Teresa of Avila able to embrace the call to be, what do we read in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, a holy and acceptable offering to God. So, we briefly reflect upon this beautiful saint because by doing so, I think our understanding of what it means to be a true friend in Christ and how that pours itself out into prayer and intercessory prayer is indeed enriched. Just by way of postscript to our reflection this evening, St. Teresa of Avila's religious name was St. Teresa of Jesus. For some, just the name of Jesus is unexciting, but I believe it speaks to what was central in her life. Jesus who was her best friend. Amen. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you.